welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. I'm Kimberly, fully vaccinated Johnson in D.C. Today, my returning guest is Greg Oliar. Yay, love talking to him. Before we get into our conversation, I always try to keep these intros short. I do have a tier on Patreon that allows listeners to listen ad-free and with a much shorter intro. The Start Me Up podcast is an independent podcast supported by listeners and it's woman-run. It's patrons who keep the show going. If you enjoy today's conversation, take a look at the About page. Check out some of my past guests. You'll see most of the time I talk to political people, but occasionally I interview actors because I used to be one. Just visit patreon.com slash startmeup. I do two free shows a week, Mondays and Wednesdays, and they're followed up by What's Up With Me, a show for patrons only after each free show. Check out the variety of tier options at patreon.com slash startmeup. You can make a one-time donation by checking out the text in the Patreon description. I've included a link that allows you to donate through PayPal. You can find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. Just stop by the iTunes slash Apple podcast store, become a subscriber. It's free. And while you're there, please rate the show and leave me a review. I would really appreciate it. Now, please enjoy my conversation with Greg Oliar. Welcome back to the show, Greg. Hey, thanks for having me. Of course, because, you know, you're just one of my favorite. You're one of my favorites. You're so easy. And, and, and when I say easy, it just means that it's like, oh, my God, you have so much to say. And it makes my job very simple. Um, and I have a lot of things to get to. And I know somewhat limited time you have today. So let's start off. First question okay. I have for you, and it doesn't mean we're going to spend forever on Afghanistan, but I just want to know what you think. Will Biden be remembered as the president who got us out of the war? Or will he be remembered for what the GOP is currently saying? <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. We don't remember um, Gerald Ford as the guy who presided over the fall of Saigon, right? Uh-huh. And that was that's not even remotely analogous. I mean, it's a completely different type of war. It's a completely different mission, all of that stuff. Yeah. I feel like the press, so CNN is really... <sighs> you know, disgrace itself in this coverage in particular. I know other news outlets have also been terrible, but this is an extremely complex issue. And it's not even one issue. It's a series of issues. I'm actually writing about this for tomorrow's prevail piece, but what you've got, what you've got going on are, are, are several different things. I mean, first is the, the, you know, the withdrawal itself. Mm -hmm. How was it executed? Um, You know, did it succeed? And, the chaos that was the word all of the press you know used chaos it's chaotic it's chaos it's chaotic well you know we're leaving a country you've been in for 20 years uh what did you expect you know it's a war it's it it, there's another the taliban is taking over there's lots of stuff going on it's never going to be like you know a a 10 from len on dancing with the stars in terms of the the precision here there was it was always going to be messy no matter who presided over it Mm -hmm. and i feel like what i think happened is that biden got intelligence that uh this daish k group um I don't like to call them ISIS because uh, Daesh is, as I understand it, an insult. So I'm using that term instead. Mm -hmm. I think he got intelligence that they were hastening to start, you know, terrorist attacks. Mm. And he um, hurried up the process right? without bothering to, like, go on CNN and tell everybody that that's what he was doing. (laughs) Because, you know, you don't fucking do that. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Um, So all these blathering morons go on there and start criticizing him. They don't know what he knows. Exactly. They don't know what intelligence gave him. Even if they work in intelligence, this is a point my friend Lincoln's Bible made on on the show we did Friday. Even if these people are intelligence or ex-intelligence guys, Mm -hmm. they don't know what the intelligence is right now in Afghanistan that that the president of the United States is getting from the and the Joint Chiefs from people on the ground. They don't know. You know, they don't know what 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 uh, Biden heard and how that informed his decision. And what seems like it's happening is that the media wants to to, you know, smack him around anytime they perceive some flaw, they jump on it. Mm-hmm. And it, it often has been the case where they go in too early and they look like fools. Yeah. And I think that's the case here. And look, that I don't want to minimize or downplay right. what happened with the terror attack and, mm-hmm. and, and the fallen soldiers that made me sick. Yeah. When I heard about it. But at the same time, this is what he's trying to do. He got out one hundred and ten thousand people from Afghanistan, something mm-hmm. like that. The military did that. It, this has been right. an extremely successful yeah. expedition. 
are you familiar with what happened when the British tried to pull out of Afghanistan in 1842, Kimberly? I am not. <laughs> okay, so the British are in Afghanistan. Same deal. Western power. Maybe you could argue they were imperialist colonizers or whatever. Uh, I don't think that's what we're doing there, but mm -hmm. the British certainly were. Mm -hmm. uh, the the major general in command, a guy named Elphinstone, makes a deal with the Afghan prince that um, he's going to surrender and they're going to let his men go. There are 4,000 soldiers. There are 12,000 people in the camp who are civilians. Okay. Mm -hmm. And they go and they walk. This is in January. So it's really cold. Mm. It's snowy. It's icy. They don't have well, good provisions. They're walking on foot from Kabul to Jalalabad. Guess how many of the 4,000 soldiers made it to Jalalabad safely and alive? How many? One. Wow. That's this is again, it's the same thing. You know, Western power, super powerful, strikes deal with Afghan government. And, you know, and then they get turned on. So it ain't easy to get troops out of Afghanistan is the point. And so the mission there now, as Biden has articulated it, is let's get out as many people as we can, as quickly as we can, as safely as we can. I don't know how you don't read that as a success. You know, again, yeah. I don't want to minimize the, 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 the casualties, but um, this, this was this was our military at its finest, in my opinion. Well, you know, I, I mean, I agree. I just hope that, I mean, we, we saw how the right has just pounded fucking Benghazi. Now, I don't necessarily think that their narrative, I mean, it didn't do anything with liberals and it didn't do anything with CNN. But since CNN is playing along with, with this whole Biden botched Afghanistan chaos mess, I just, I just wonder, I hope that the... I assume his legacy is going to be he's the one who got us out of that war. And I mean, I look at him. I talked to squat <laughs> squat. I talked to Scott Dworkin the other day. Sorry, Scott. Um, and, you know, he he basically said that Biden just doesn't give a shit what yep. his poll numbers are or what the right has to say about him. He's going to do the right thing and he's just going to forge on. And honestly, I, do, I mean, he wanted to be president for a long time and he finally got the opportunity and he's 78 years old and he's just like, get the fuck out of my way I'm going to do my thing and I don't care what anybody says and I do think in the long run that's going to be beneficial uh, when it comes to voting I hope so because everything is all about how people are going to vote and you know I mean I was at my car mechanic the other day and he's a conservative and it was interesting because he's a fully vaccinated conservative um, <laughs> and he's pissed off at people who aren't vaccinated um, so I said, you know, I mean, in, in, in order to, uh, you know, I mean, he does fix my car. So I, you know, I wanted to kind of like show some kind of uh, positive things or positive support for something. And he's not even a Trump supporter, but I'll say I, I will at least give Trump the credit for doing warp speed. That's the only thing I would give him credit for. And I, I he, he fucked up the... Uh, you know, the COVID response on purpose. I didn't say that part, but I said, but, you know, I just wanted to jump to the fact that Biden is doing everything he can, but the Republicans are not getting vaccinated. And as when I started to say that, you know, Joe Biden, he's like, oh, he's not doing anything. And I said, well, no, he is. Um, I said, you know, I mean, there's only so he, he can't go to every CVS and give every shot. I said, all he can do is make sure that things are running smoothly and they are and he promised that all these uh vaccinations would be available they are it's up to the people now to get vaccinated and i don't know you know i mean this obviously has nothing to do with afghanistan but it's just the idea of what people who are not i i don't know who he voted for because i know he didn't like trump but it's like those are the people that we need to worry about because if they, you know, I mean, I don't know what this guy thinks of Ron DeSantis, if Ron DeSantis is indeed ever going to be the nominee or whoever else is going to be the nominee. You know, it's people like this guy. And I'm going to go ahead and assume that he didn't vote for Trump. Maybe he didn't vote for Biden, but I don't think he voted for Trump because he was very, you know, when, when we were talking earlier, uh, I you know, like in the fall of last year, he was just like it was clear he did not like Trump. So I'm just going to assume that he didn't vote for him. But I don't know. You know, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out because fucking i don't know i mean i, I want to believe that doing the right thing is gonna carry us through do you think well, that's gonna help in the in, when it comes to voting whether it's 2022 or 24 
I think you need to have the car mechanic on the show. I, I really do. <laughs> yeah, you've mentioned him a bunch of times. I want to hear from this guy. Um, let us study him like he's a, from some foreign planet. And, you know, please, sir, tell us what I know, you know. Really. How does the car, how do you make the car hum? The thing about Biden is that he's leading the horses to water. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's, you know, he can't make people get the vaccine. Like you said, he can only ensure that it's available yeah. it's the same thing with the people in afghanistan one of the things that he was getting dinged on was there's americans stuck in afghanistan well they've been being warned for months and months to get out you know like what is he supposed to do he's yeah. been warning you for six months or right. nine months or whatever it is to get out of there you're still there it's like you know with hurricanes yes you've been warned that you need to evacuate right if exactly you're not going to evacuate there's a point at which we can't help you yeah so and I think he's even gone above and beyond with that. So mm -hmm. his job is not to micromanage everyone's lives. Mm -hmm. His job is to help everybody as best as he's able to do. Mm -hmm. And in terms of the, the elections and stuff, he's delivered tangible results, like oh, in, yeah. in ways that have majorly and, and positively impacted the lives of everyone in this country. Mm -hmm. People are getting checks. People are still getting checks, yeah. right? That's one thing. Um, there's that massive relief deal. For a long time, nobody was getting evicted from their homes. That's maybe changing, but yes. that happened for quite a long time. He was able to protect that. Right. If this infrastructure, you know, the vaccine was a, I don't think anybody can say that wasn't a huge success. Mm -hmm. People are, are, are opposed to vaccines because they, I, I don't know why. And I, <laughs> I caution also, it is not a, a purely political thing. It's not all MAGA are right. opposed and right. all Democrats are for. Exactly. There are plenty of like yes, hippy-dippy people who mm -hmm. are extreme leftists who also don't trust the vax. I know and there's some plenty of, them, yeah. of, you know, conservatives like your car mechanic who are like, of course I'm getting vaccinated. Yeah. Duh. Right. Um, so it's not necessarily an overlap that's, that's as complete as maybe we would like to think. Uh -huh. And I think it's a mistake to think of it that way. But he's delivered the damn vaccines. Like, remember, a year ago it was awful. Mm -hmm. And the only reason we're, we might be uh, downsliding into further uh, quarantine necessity is because of the southern states with these terrible, evil governors yes. who are um, opposed to these things. So uh, you asked earlier, I think the first question is, where will he be looked at historically? Mm -hmm. um, duh. Like, even, <laughs> even a year from now, people are going to look back on this and say, what were these idiots thinking? Yeah. You know, who opposed him on any of this stuff? Like the Afghanistan thing is a no brainer. Mm -hmm. Nobody wanted to be there. Right. I, I guess maybe there's some, you know, some people on the ground and these really wonky types and, and the neocons who mm -hmm. want to be there and like Eric Prince and people like that. Of but course, right. most people in the United States want us out of Afghanistan. Yeah. Even Trump wanted us out of Afghanistan. Right. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so it's not, this, this is a bipartisan thing that everybody supports. It's not like it's an unpopular move. Any time that, that, that we got off Afghanistan was going to be an issue. It, it, just like when you, you know, if, you're a, if you have an alcohol problem and you stop drinking, you're going to have a problem for the first little while. But ultimately, mm, it's going to mm -hmm. be good for you to stop. It's the same thing with this. I think in a month, it's, I think it already looks fine. Mm -hmm. I think in a month, it's going to be obvious it was fine. And in, in two years, five years, we're all going to be thanking him even more mm -hmm. and you i know you know the elections are not for a long time we mm -hmm. don't know what's going to happen between now and then so many things could happen that will skew things off but in terms of delivering results to voters my god has any president ever delivered as many results no in a short a period of time as joe biden in our lifetimes yeah. no i think the answer is no especially if they can get this infrastructure thing going yeah when you Definitely. have these red states yeah. that have broadband that have jobs yeah. that have all of this stuff i mean that's all good. It's all good. So since we're kind of still on the COVID thing, um, I'm going to play the devil's advocate here, and I want to hear what you have to say about this because, um, you know, the last thing I want to be is a paranoid conspiracy theorist. <laughs> but I have been seeing uh, there's these little chirps around the Internet going on, a narrative about the effect effectiveness of the vaccines. And so Bloomberg put out an article and wrote, the vaccinated are worried and scientists don't have answers. So I'm just going to read two paragraphs. Anecdotes tell us what the, da the, da ah, the data can't. Vaccinated people appear to be getting the coronavirus at a surprisingly high rate, but exactly how often isn't clear, nor is it certain 
how likely they are to spread the virus to others. Though it is evident vaccination still provides powerful protection against the virus, there's growing concern that vaccinated people may be more vulnerable to serious illness than previously thought. And I'm going to add that there was a report that came out of Israel that it was like 20% of the vaccinated people got long-term COVID. So before you answer, I want to very specifically say, yes, I mean, I would st- I'm getting the booster and obviously I'm pro vaccine, but I'm a little concerned because I, you know, I mean, I've already decided that I'm not going to see my seven year old niece until she's vaccinated just because I don't want to risk she's going to school. And I mean, even yeah. though where the, the blue state that I'm in, it takes a lot of precautions. I'm just, you know, I don't want to get it and give it to my mother who's 75 or 74. Um, you know, I, I, I might be extra paranoid, but I'm just taking that extra precaution. So, like I said, I don't want to be paranoid, but at the same time, I see stories like this and I start freaking out. So, like, what do you think of all of this? I mean, it's a scary thing, you know, yeah. for sure. But I, I don't think there's any question that taking the vaccine helps. I mean, that's that's the first thing. Yes. It's a no-brainer. What what taking the vaccine does is it makes the severity less. Right. I think the studies have shown that. Yeah. Even if we wind up getting it, I'm probably I'm much less likely to go to the hospital and be on a ventilator. Mm-hmm. I think almost all of the people who are dying in the South are people yeah. that are not unvaccinated. Right. I, you know, it's obviously there's going to be exceptions, but that's the preponderance of of the cases. Um, you know, are people who are unvaccinated. So just knowing that. Why would I not want to get the vaccine? Right. Now, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a medical person at all. But my understanding of this vaccine, uh, vaccines that fight coronaviruses in particular are slightly different mm-hmm. babies than other things. And that it was always going to be a case where we needed boosters because, the, you know, these viruses, yeah. these kind of viruses mutate. Yeah. You know, more readily than things like diphtheria and, and measles and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's a different oh, yeah. kind of thing. Um, entirely and you know it was always going to be a case of okay we need to uh, you know get vaccinated but again until everybody is vaccinated who can be we're all at risk you know and I feel really bad for for parents of of young children because I know to not you know to not have the kids have the capability of being vaccinated is terrifying especially as we go back into mm-hmm. school. I mean, mm-hmm. can you imagine being a parent of like a six-year-old in Mississippi right now? I mean, no. look, you know, that your, your kid's going to get COVID. There's yeah. just no, there's no way that that's not going to happen. And that's horrible and it's scary. And I don't know if this just doesn't work when kids are young or if they're waiting on the FDA. I'm not sure what the, what the thinking is behind it. And I hope that they figure this out now that it's been FDA approved, that Pfizer has been FDA approved. It's my hope that they figure out, um, some way to vaccinate all of the children because that would be nice well uh, i've seen I, I I've, don't want, you know, I've seen I, that i think it was some now it was not a blue check it wasn't somebody that i know but i think somebody on twitter talked about that they are going to be sending that because there are trials you know for kids i think five five to twelve uh okay, there, there's trials and then what's going to happen is when they're finished and it according to this guy who i don't know who he is um they should be finished soon. And then when they're turned over uh, the to, I guess, you know, whoever, CDC, FDA, uh, they should be approved or it should take about two weeks. Now, I don't know. Um, I think this person said that it would be, I think it was sometime in September or October, which led me to believe that there was a, a chance because I've been hearing that the vaccine for kids would be available in early 2022. But I'm hoping that it's sooner than that because it's just like you said, in fact, there was Occupy Democrats posted on Twitter that a judge revoked mo- a mom's custody of her 11-year-old son after she admitted that she wasn't vaccinated. The dad who was vaccinated will retain custody. So I thought that was kind of interesting because there was a gentleman on my show. I think it was Travis Akers. I hope I'm right about that. But, um, you know, he had a situation last year where his ex-wife was you know, like a Trump supporter, that was, it wasn't even about vaccinations at this point. It was just about, she didn't believe that the virus was as dangerous as it was and they share a teenage son. And Mm. so, you know, he has, he's remarried with a new family and younger kids. And then he didn't feel comfortable 
bringing his son to his home because with his mother, she's just doing whatever. I don't know what the story is now. But I thought, oh, my God, that really poses such a problem for, like, divorced parents who have to share custody. And if one of them's a fucking lunatic, then, you know, what do you do? So this is an interesting decision. And so what that brings me to is since we've seen the FDA approved Pfizer, and I imagine it's not going to be long for the rest of them to, you know, get that approval. How do you see things playing out with COVID now as far as mandates and, and all that kind of stuff and, and herd immunity? Plus, because you're going to add in, eventually kids will be getting vaccinated and we will have a higher number. That higher number might get us to herd immunity. So I'm just wondering, you know, how do you see this all playing out? I mean, I, I really have no idea. There, there's like there's just there's so many uh, there's so many variables, you know. There's yeah. just there's so many unknowns, including some of the mutations, because now there's a new strain that's that's coming out of South Africa. I read this morning. I mean, great. We just we just don't know. Oh, my but God. I, I you know, there there's there's always going to be probably 20 percent of the people in this country who are just mm-hmm. going to believe dumb shit yeah. and, and and are not going to, you know, not going to believe the stuff about the vaccines. So one of the things that that's interesting, I mean, I. Um, in my spare time, I enjoy uh, sports, so I like I like re- following uh, pro basketball and pro football, and I play in fantasy football league. And it's been interesting to see how the discussions of sports are with COVID, right? Mm-hmm. Like the NFL, which is usually this really hidebound conservative organization, actually kicked ass last yeah. year with how it handled the COVID. Like all the all of the players and coaches had wristbands so they could do contact tracing. Wow. It was really, really sophisticated and they were not fucking around, yeah. which was a pleasant surprise. Yeah. Like they really did some good things. Now this year they're really encouraging the vaccinations, but you have players who are just vocally not about, you know, they're not getting vaccinated. They don't trust the, this or that. And going into the fantasy draft, I'm like, I'm not taking any players that, are, that have come out and are anti-vax, not doing it. Right. I'm not taking those players. I'm not taking players from the team. But when you listen to podcasts of people talking about this stuff, like these are guys that are, they're there to talk about sports. They're mm-hmm. not there to talk about politics and they want to avoid it, mm-hmm. but they sort of bend over backwards to make the vaccine thing like a, like a choice decision. Hmm. You know, like we don't want to get involved in whichever mm-hmm. way you're on the, and I think that's a mistake. Yes. I think that's something that needs to change. We need to have a collective opinion that it's okay to shame the fuck out of these mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. We really do. At this point, it's they, they must be shamed, and it, yeah. they, it cannot be normalized. It cannot be, well, you know, Dave doesn't think this is okay because of his religious belief right. or whatever the fuck. Right. I don't care about Dave's religious belief. <laughs> you know, this is a, this is a goddamn pandemic. <laughs> and, you know, and, and that's sorry, but this is your 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 little you know what you choose to believe, which is a choice, goes right out the window. With, with, you know, when presented with science like this, yeah. and literally the, the the furtherance of the human the human race. So. Um, I think that's something that we need to change yeah. in, 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 in the conversation. It cannot be that these anti-vax people have a leg to stand on. You know, it has to be right. totally, you know, if you have a, me- if your doctor has a legit medical reason for you not to mm-hmm. get the vaccine, because mm-hmm. there are people like that, I understand. That's yeah. one thing. But everybody else is a fucking fool and yeah. they should be treated as such. Yeah. And I think what the judge did, yes, take away custody. Yes, you can't get on the airplane. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can't take have this job anymore. Yeah. You know, there needs to be real consequences for when people refuse to take the vaccine. And you know what? For all the ballyhoo about this, if there are real consequences, people will just do it. Exactly. You know? Yeah, it's like the seatbelt thing. Everybody was freaking out about seatbelts and oh, I'm going to have to drive out of my way and I'm just, and then now everybody just puts their seatbelt on and they don't even yeah. think about it. So it's, you know, I mean, I get that people don't feel comfortable being forced to take certain kinds of medicine or vaccines. I mean, I don't like I don't like a lot of pharmaceutical medications. My mom just was in the fucking hospital because of gabapentin. And she thought she was having a heart attack and she was completely freaking out. And I, you know, I remember she had told me she was on, she had taken gabapentin. She didn't take it regularly, but that she had taken it. So I looked up the side effects and it was like, sure enough, 
those side effects were exactly the symptoms she was experiencing, and so she's not going to take it anymore. I mean, does, I don't want to come across as poo-pooing modern medicine because obviously it saves lives. But sometimes uh, the drugs that they want to fix, you know, fix your problem can be harsher, have worse side effects than actually what they're. And I'll go even birth control for that, which I will fucking defend until the day I die. But I fucking hated birth control because it was like, yeah, it helped me with cramps or it helped me from, you know, getting pregnant. And in some cases it cleared up my acne, but I traded those symptoms in for other ones. I gained weight. I was moody. I was depressed all the time. So it's like, you know, it's one for the other. But I get that people don't necessarily want to feel forced, but like you're, it's a public fucking safety issue. And the yeah. more people that don't do it help to create these variants that eventually the vaccine isn't going to be able to protect us from because scientists can't work that fucking fast. So it's just, it's so maddening. We're going to have to take a quick break and we will be right back after this message. So please just hold on. Okay, we are back. Um, I'm going to switch the subject now because you got all kinds of praise from actress Jane Lynch. Hello, I'm jealous. Um, it was for your <laughs> podcast interview with Kurt Anderson, who wrote Evil Geniuses, which I don't know anything about him or anything about that book. So you need to fill us in. Oh, my God. Kurt Anderson is 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 brilliant. Jane Lynch is also brilliant. I, I know she is. Um, <laughs> Kurt, Kurt Anderson is um, one of the founders of Spy Magazine, which is like the greatest thing ever. <laughs> Um, in the 80s and 90s, um, which informed, uh, you know, some of my sense of humor, certainly, and my sensibilities. Um, he wrote, he's done a lot of other things, too, as a journalist and an editor. But of late, he wrote two books. Um, one of them is called Fantasyland, mm -hmm. and then the follow-up uh, is Evil Geniuses. So in Fantasyland, which came out in September of 2017, it's this basically this 500 year sweeping view of the history of the United States. And his argument is that Americans, um, you know, white European Americans, because they came here believing in stories like, hey, the streets are paved with gold, get on the ship, you know? And we're like, great. And they jump on the ship and come here and the streets are not paved with gold <laughs> at all, right? Because we are all descended, all of us white European Americans are descended from these gullible, gullible people. <laughs> there, there is this sense of the American character that just is, it, it, it's a tropism to believe crazy shit, mm -hmm. right? Right. And uh, so that's what the book is about. And it traces <laughs> this whole thing, you know, for 500, and, and it, it's fascinating and super well-written and really smart. And of course he, he published it and he finished it while Trump was still a candidate. <laughs> And then it came out, and as he said, like it basically proved my my theory yeah. when Trump was the, you know, the next four years of, of complete madness. Yeah. Um, so that's that's the first book. The second one, Evil Geniuses, is about how there are this this small group of basically very rich white men, libertarian assholes, who <laughs> starting in the 1970s, uh, concocted this long-term long-range scheme to basically subvert the federal government to, to pull back the new deal mm -hmm. like all of the mm. great stuff that fdr did and lbj did all of this you know middle-class boosterism stuff they wanted to undo yeah and they set about undoing it they started in the 70s with this guy named lewis powell who wrote a memo um, attacking it uh he later was a supreme court justice under nixon and, you know, on and on, you, you know, and you know the names, there's the, the Koch brothers, mm -hmm. a couple of other, you know, obscenely rich libertarian asshole heirs of, of <laughs> family fortunes, the Olins, the Scaifes, the Bradleys, the people that endow all of these, like, like the Heritage Foundation and, you know, organizations like that, um, that do lobbying and put judges on the stands and all this kind of stuff. Um, and basically want business to be super powerful, the middle class to die, and there are to be extreme income inequality so that mm -hmm. they can make more money. That's basically their wow. MO. And it worked. You know, Ronald Reagan, that yeah. fucking asshole, that yeah. dis disgrace of a human who I think centuries hence will be remembered as one of the, the worst things that ever happened to this country. Yeah. Um, when he said, you know, government is not the solution. Government is the problem or whatever. It mm -hmm. is an inaugural address. That's one of the worst things anyone's ever yeah. said. And this group of people was 
you know, they set about getting us all to believe this shit, mm-hmm. getting us to believe that the government's bad, that trickle down is good, that, you know, hey, maybe we'll all get rich someday. So right. lower taxes are great for everything, you know, all yeah. of that stuff. And to normalize the idea of the top marginal tax rate being whatever, 27 percent. Mm-hmm. When it was during the Second World War, 97 percent, and during the Eisenhower years, which are the biggest boom in our history, at 90 percent, which meant that, you know, if you were super rich over whatever the, you know, money was, I think in today's terms, it would be five million Mm dollars. You wound up paying 90 percent of your income to the federal government in taxes. Hmm. And uh, that's just what happened at that time. And hey, that's maybe that's too much. But 25 or whatever it is now is not enough. Right. So, you know, there has to be this this balancing of things. And Evil Geniuses talks about who these people are, how they succeeded, um, how everything just was was lurched rightward very deliberately, often by um, weaponizing and subverting Americans' uh, tropism to believing in crazy shit. So anyway... These are two brilliant books, and I really recommend everybody to uh, to read them. Fantasyland in particular is just oh, so much fun to read. Hmm. So good. Yeah. Wow, very cool. And so the you interview you got to interview him on your podcast, yes? Mm-hmm. That's yep, awesome. Yep. Cool. So everybody should check that out. It what it, what is your podcast? Prevail. It's called Prevail. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, you know, I let me see something. I well, I've got all these notes here. And I'm looking, and I'm not sure if I should. Uh, <laughs> well, okay, I'm going to go back to COVID a little bit because there's a couple things. That's um, fine. First of all, you tweeted this fucking thread by this guy named Chad Loader. Yeah. And okay, so this thread is about all these people who are heading up like anti or or attending, um, and I guess in some cases heading up anti-vax rallies, and they all have like they he, at least Chad was unable to find any kind of jobs that they held down, but they do have IMBD accounts. So like they're all actors. And I think this is odd and interesting because if this is true and it does look suspect because he's got a whole bunch of them listed. And uh, this is telling me that they're clearly being paid by somebody to spread this disinformation. Um, Now I'm curious what is the benefit? I mean, I get that these people are getting paid, so their selfishness is driving those actions. But what is it for any for the people who are paying? What is the win? Is it that they oh, can just blame Biden? No. Well, so okay, this is a technique, okay, and it's called astroturfing, mm-hmm. which for the longest time I'd heard, like I, I I didn't understand why it was called that. And the reason it's called that is because when movements spring up organically, you know, we call it a grassroots movement, right? right? It's something oh, that just right. sort of happens yeah, yeah, yeah. because the people have had enough and, and things sort of organically spring into place. Mm-hmm. When we want something to look like it's an organic movement, right. but it in fact is not, if it's fake, mm-hmm. we call that astroturfing. I just so the way that, that you me. achieve that is you hire crisis actors, whoever these fucko, fuckos are called, Yeah. okay? You, you send them to all these events and it makes it seem like there's trends when there's not really trends. Mm-hmm. There's some there's some evidence that this is happening now in the school board meetings that keep oh, being right, on yes. Twitter all the time, uh-huh. where people show up at these meetings and they're all angry, and mm-hmm. then it turns out they don't even have kids and they don't know what they're they don't live in the district. There's mm-hmm. like shit like that. Mm-hmm. But if that happens four or five times and there's video, then the the, the lazy, stupid mainstream media people will write a, a story about it. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is the new trend. This is something that's happening. And in fact, it's not a popular thing. Right. It's something that, that they want us to think is popular. It's sort of like, I guess, the 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 real life equivalent of buying Instagram followers, right? <laughs> right. It, you know, to to boost up an account. And uh, you know, that that's that's what it is. So it, it's uh it's dangerous mm-hmm. and it's it's a it's it's part of the narrative war and it's part of perception. And again, we don't know that this is happening, but right. it is who are these people that have the time that they right. can just go around the country to attend these events every day? Yeah, five days a week, you know? they were saying, yeah. It, it, it's, who are the people that go to the Trump rallies every mm-hmm. day that they mm-hmm. could just say, like, it's a, some Grateful Dead show. Right. They're not selling their patchouli and pot in the parking lot. <laughs> they're, you know, they're there somehow. Also, I mean, 
you know, one of the early charges about that MAGA made about people like us is that we're all we're all getting paid by George Soros. Exactly. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's the same thing. They're yeah. accusing us of something that they themselves are doing. Yeah. And I think we kind of know that people got paid to be at the Trump thing. I mm-hmm. mean, some of the it came out in the Michael Cohen testimony that that diamond and silk, those people, he, <laughs> right. just, he, he brought them in and set them up. Yeah, they're completely fake. I mean, of that's course. that's the thing that was in his court documents. Oh he God. did that. It's a fucking joke that anybody believes any of these people, but, you know. (laughs) But, like, what – I mean, I've asked other guests this. What is the end game to um, delegitimize COVID or make it, like, that it's not as much of a threat as it is? Especially now when you have people like Mitch McConnell and I think the governor of West Virginia is now urging people to get vaccination. And so it's like for the longest time – they basically poo-pooed it. They acted like it wasn't a big deal. And then now all of a sudden it was like, okay, they're, uh, my base is dying off. I've got to tell them to get vaccinated, but it's kind of too late. So, I mean, do you, do you, I mean, I see Ron DeSantis. He was on, I don't know, I think it was Fox the other day, and he was basically saying Biden, it's all Biden's fault because he didn't end COVID. While he was downplaying the uh, threat, while he's on the board or has stocks in Regeneron, and he's trying to defund schools that won't hold up mask mandates. And then he's pointing the finger at Biden. It's my, like, I think what he's doing, and I don't know if this will work, is that he's trying to get people, uh, like, in fact, Scott Dworkin said that he thought Trump wanted more MAGAs killed by Capitol Police or whoever at the, at, during the insurrection so that he could say, look, they're killing us, they're killing us, and play victim. Um, so it's like the idea of Ron DeSantis is going to let children die so he can use that as his campaign platform and point his fingers and say, look what Biden did. I mean, can that work? Do you think that's what he's doing? I think that he's an evil person. Mm-hmm. Like, I think a thoroughly evil person, and I, I can't pretend to understand what he's thinking, because honestly, my, I'm not evil in that way. Mm-hmm. Him and Abbott and Tate Reeves in, in Mississippi and, and Christy Noam in mm-hmm. South Dakota, these people are evil. Yeah. They're flat out evil. They're, 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 they're sacrificing children for some vague political ambition. Yeah. DeSantis clearly wants the nomination next time. I don't know how he would be able to win it. Yeah. It, you know, if everyone's dead under his watch, like it seems silly. Um, but to answer your larger question, look, I, I hate to come on here and blame everything on Putin and Russia and what they want, but no, like, feel free. This, this is what they want. Like, they, Russia wants us divided. Yeah. They want us shooting each other. They want us broke. Uh-huh. They want us sick. Mm-hmm. It helps them. Mm-hmm. It helps our enemies who, who, you know, who, who benefits when Americans are dying of COVID our enemies, that's who benefits. Right. Yeah. So whether they're intentionally doing it or not, they're carrying water for Putin. That's what they're all doing. And which is no surprise because the GOP has become basically an arm of the Kremlin mm-hmm, at this mm-hmm, point, mm-hmm. like whether they're actually taking money or not, they're still doing the work of the Kremlin. Yeah. The same way that McCain said, Rand Paul was, you know, was working for Putin. So are all of these people at this point. They're mm-hmm. doing they're doing Putin's bidding. So, you know, and maybe there's enough there that, that they think that they can control the narrative. They're they're good at the narrative war and their people are so fucking brainwashed at this point that I, you know, I think their brains are broken. I mean, mm-hmm. Trump went on to his dipshit rally in Alabama and said everybody should get vaccinated and he mm-hmm. was booed. Yeah. So I don't think they're going to get that. I don't think Ron DeSantis suddenly saying get vaccinated or, or Greg <laughs> Abbott is going to put the, 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 you know, the genie back in the bottle. Yeah. I think these, these people are lost. And if anything, it's going to backfire on them. If anything, that their followers are going to say, Hey, they didn't stick to their guns. Yeah. You know? So it's a really dangerous game anyway. I think they lost the game and these people, these are evil, evil men. And I really hope that they wind up in jail because they yeah. deserve to be They're They're, they're aiding uh, and accomplices in, in, in a genocide of people under their watch. And, you know, I'm not – there's no joke about no. it. That's literally what they're doing, yeah. and I don't understand, you know, again, in the media, well, some people are anti-vax, and we have to be careful about their feelings. Fuck yeah. the feelings. Right. Fuck your feelings. We don't care. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, now that you brought Putin up, 
Yeah. So there was an article. Jim Jordan admits to multiple calls with Trump on one six spurring uh, renewed calls for subpoenas. Wow. Get right out of town. <laughs> Jim Jordan talked to Trump on the day of the insurrection. I never would have thought that had happened. Wow. <laughs> But then Lincoln's Bible, you retweeted, said, although we here on Twitter tracking entire, I love this, Donnie Toolholes, aka Putin's aka, uh, Putin's aka corrupt GOP shit show, knew, imagine every news pundit and print journalist who, who, could, who couldn't weave this completely foreseeable set of facts into their narrative on why McCarthy wanted Jordan on his 1-6 committee. So, ha, 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 fuck you, Jim Jordan. Um, and I love, I love the way she called them Donnie Two Holes. That was fucking awesome. Um, we have to hashtag that, and it should. I hope it sticks forever. <laughs> I can't even. I've had private conversations with her where she's even more colorful. I can I cannot only repeat, imagine. I cannot repeat things that, that this minister's daughter has said. Uh, <laughs> well, I do want to remind everybody as I continually do, that Russia played both sides of the vaccine debate. I think it was like 2018, something like that. Before before COVID ever hit, there was the anti-vaxxer thing. And so Russia played both sides in order to divide us, just as they played both sides of BLM. I think there might have even been some fem- – I, I would not be surprised to hear that they did it with feminism and feminist issues as well because those are such – uh, you know, people are so worked up about it. There's so much passion involved on either side. And so it's very easy to get people. I mean, I know like when you mentioned those hippy dippy uh, far left people who are anti-vaxxers, I know some of them. In fact, one of them, I occasionally go over to his Facebook page so I can hate read it. It makes me so fucking mad. It's like, I can't believe like the last post, I think that because he's pretty much made everything for friends only now. So I'm not friends with him. But, I, but one of the last public posts was about how, well, you know, the best way to fight off virus is a strong immune system. So just take lots of vitamins and, and eat real healthy. And, you know, and that's how we're going to get rid of this virus. And it's like, oh, my God. But, yeah, there, there are uh, – there, I think you take a look at Putin and what he's doing, and he's still doing it. Of course he's still doing it. I see people saying that he has no use for Trump. And I'm like, oh, my God, he absolutely – Trump runs the Republican Party right now. Of course he has use for him. I don't right. know what Putin's personal thoughts are and, and what exactly his strategy is other than to, you know, destroy this country. But, I, you know, I mean, I don't know exactly who he's talking to right now and what he's doing and what he's thinking – but he's definitely got a fucking hand in this and it's really freaking me out. But I, you know, I'm going off into a tangent, but I want to get back to the one six committee. Um, and I've asked this, I know I must've asked this of you before, but I continually ask people because I'd like to gauge, uh, as far as this one six thing happening, uh, committees and whatever's going to be happening with Garland, we're not seeing as many, you know, we are seeing arrests when it comes to just people who have attended the rally, but we're not seeing anybody higher up. So, and I know that there's a lot of people out there who are really impatient to see people who orchestrated this event being held accountable for their actions. As far as uh, Merrick Garland is concerned and, you know, the legal ramifications of that day, how confident are you feeling right now? that we're going to get to a place that, I mean, I don't think we're ever going to get to a place where like, okay, justice has been served with everyone. But if we can get to a place where justice is served to where we can say, okay, I don't love it, but I'm okay with this. Like how confident are you we can get there? Well, I haven't, you know, in the initial phases, I didn't really pay close attention to the the minutiae of the of, of that day because I thought the FBI will handle this now. Right. You know, we have we have Biden's coming in. It'll be fine. And, you know, to some degree, it looks like they have. They've arrested, Mm -hmm. what, 500 people, something Mm -hmm. like that. I mean, the people are people are getting under trial. People are in jail. Things are happening. And if they are building a case to go up the chain, that's how you do it. You know, hasn't been that long in terms of the legal system since it happened. You know, seven months that's a long time but in in, in court cases right. it's really not so yeah. it may be that they do go up and they get these generals you know uh in quotes scare quote generals the people on the ground with the bullhorns that uh sandy bacon keeps talking about on twitter um who were there that day shouting out instructions you know i'd like that to happen yeah my issue with 
and, and maybe they can they can do it like an old fashioned criminal RICO takedown case and get to some of the people that plan this shit. Mm, yeah. But in the meantime, that my issue with Garland is that he doesn't seem to understand the urgency and precariousness of the position here. I feel like he's not he's not he lacks imagination. Hmm. You know, there are things that we can do that that maybe we wouldn't do in normal times, but these aren't normal times. We're in a narrative war mm -hmm. that we're losing. Mm -hmm. And, it, you know, if, if, if one of, if Trump is reelected or something happened or they take the house or mm -hmm. they take the, like, that's it. That's game yeah, over it is. for democracy. So, you know, hurry the fuck up and try <laughs> something. Mike Flynn should not be just, you know, gallivanting around yeah. spewing sedition you know call him to active duty and court-martial him mm -hmm. this is people have been saying this on twitter for for a while yeah do it just fucking do it you know if roger stone can be charged with anything mm -hmm. fucking hit him with it yeah. i don't care if it sticks or just hit him with it yeah just do it steve bannon same thing the pardons i don't think those pardons were were legal or hmm. lawful glenn kershner doesn't think the pardons were lawful hmm. why don't we contest the pardons mm -hmm. You know, because some fuckhead wrote a wrote a memo in 1970. <laughs> We're gonna just not do that. Like Trump took a fucking dump on on the entire idea of rule of law by yeah. issuing those pardons. That is not what pardons are for. Yeah, they're not so you can get your accomplice off so that they won't rat you out. Right. That's not what. That's not how pardons are supposed to work. And you know, the, I, as I understand it, I'm not a legal scholar. There's not a lot of writing about presidential pardons and the, the power seems to be absolute but it really isn't mm -hmm. if somebody if we had evidence that somebody went to trump and gave him two million dollars in cash in exchange for a pardon that could be contested and and, and thrown out as corrupt right, right? so yeah. why is it fucking any different when he pardons his buddies that are in on the crime with him yeah it shouldn't be so merrick garland doesn't think that way he just wants to be perceived as I just want to be objective and I just want to be. He's like one of these guys that, you know, let's we have to make sure that we that the anti-vax people are appeased. Right. We have to make sure not to hurt their feelings because of the perception of the nobody gives a shit about perception. The only perception is that you look like you're fucking weak. That's <laughs> yeah. it. That's the yeah. perception. You know, Biden and you alluded to this earlier. Biden doesn't give a fuck what anybody thinks about him at this mm -hmm, point. Mm -hmm. He doesn't care about polls. He's doing what he thinks is right. Yeah. If he thinks that something is morally and ethically the right thing to do, he's going to do it. Polls be damned. Mm -hmm. That's what Garland needs to do. That's what Agreed. the attorney general needs to do. And this guy just he doesn't have that in him. Wow. You know, maybe the insurrection winds up getting, you know, uh, adjudicated the proper way eventually mm -hmm. i mean i have some confidence in that but mm -hmm. with the rest of the stuff I, I i just don't see him thinking outside the box in the way that he needs to he's not a war wartime consigliere right. he's not uh, well the last thing i'm going to ask you is what i always ask people so how are you feeling uh regarding the i mean we don't have this voting we don't have either one of the voting rights acts yet i've talked to a number of people including my mother who initially was not hopeful at all and now she's starting not that she's overly hopeful and like pollyanna but she's like i see a path to that and basically i think what it is is number one uh after they come back from break biden and schumer and you know uh harris maybe talking to people like cinema and mansion and seeing what is it we can do for you what is your state need uh putting certain kinds of pressure on them to support whatever it is what the filibuster even if it's just reform so how are you feeling like because i'm still worried i'm not of the mind that if we don't have these voting rights act passed and in place i don't know that we're going to be able to overcome that i've talked to people who think we can overcome that i don't know that we can so what are you thinking I think Biden is safe as long as he's okay, like, you know, mentally, if he doesn't decline, mm -hmm. you know, in any visible way in the next three years, he's going to win reelection. It's actually very difficult to lose reelection. Mm -hmm. You have to, most of the time you have to completely suck. Yeah. Um, you know, Trump was, was a, obviously a catastrophically awful president. Um, HW was, I think a, a decent president mm -hmm. and he got, you know, Perot was a was a problem, mm -hmm. and that 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 threw the the monkey wrench into the things. Yeah. You know, Carter, excellent man, yeah. not a very good president. Right. Um, and then you know you have to go back further, but like you know these are the, the people that lose reelection after one term or tend to be kind of weak 
clearly in over their heads people biden has yeah. been the best president of my lifetime yes, period full he stop. has i, I agree and <laughs> I, he's done too many things for too many people he has the bully pulpit he knows how to use it i think that you know uh, my initial idea was let's get past the midterms and then he can resign and give it give the keys to kamala right i thought um, the same. I, don't, I don't think that's wise at this point i think he I has agree. to win re-election and then he can do that Totally. You know, I think I he. Totally I think he has to win. He has to run again. Yeah. He can't leave it up in the air. It can't be one of these things like, well, we'll just wait and uh, see about the nomination for Merrick Garland to the Supreme Court because maybe, <laughs> uh, you know, you can't think that. No. Way. You have to think. You know, this is this is it. I'm not giving up my shot. You, mm-hmm. know, you have to play the game for keeps the way that they do. We are very bad at it. Mm-hmm. Biden seems to grasp this. He really does. Yes. And. I hope it rubs off on this Merrick Garland guy a little bit because I am not seeing creative thinking in terms of the Senate. Like he's gotten a lot of shit passed already. Yeah. He's done more, I think, than we expected. Yes. He's got to have some some aces up his sleeve for Mm -hmm. something important like that. And hey, if they start arresting people, maybe they arrest Ted Cruz. Maybe they arrest Josh (laughs) Hawley. And then the fucking majority isn't that big of a deal. Oh, my God. You have the vote the next day while they're not there. Right. And mm-hmm. then what are you going to do? Oh, my God. So, you know, that would be awesome. People. Yes, that would be fucking awesome. I didn't even think about that. Oh, that's exciting. All right. Well, I know you got to go. So before I let you go, uh, please tell everybody where they can find you. I am on Twitter at Greg Oliar, which is G-R-E-G-O-L-E-A-R. I have a sub stack comes out Tuesday, Friday and Sunday. That's just also gregoliar.com. But the name of the sub stack is Prevail. And I've got my podcast Prevail with Greg Oliar. Every Friday, um, you know, I just basically take somebody on and just talk to them like you do. Yes. Um, it's fun. And, and, and um, so I've got some really uh, – Kurt Anderson, which, which you asked about, was the, uh, the first episode of season two. Even though there's no story arc, I decided to have seasons because I don't know. <laughs> uh, I have some really great episodes coming up. I don't want to uh, say, say any more than that, but I've got some really good ones. So, you know. Come download the show, even if you don't listen to it. Just download it. (laughs) Yes. Support Greg. And obviously, Jane Lynch loves him. So, I mean, what more do you need? (laughs) And then you can find me, obviously, on Twitter, author Kimberly, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y. Don't forget the E. I'm on Amazon. And also, Greg has books on Amazon. Greg Oliar, check him out. You like our stuff? Give us good reviews. We would appreciate it. Thank you, Greg. Always great to talk to you. Thanks so much for having me. Awesome. Well, you take care. Okay. Bye-bye.